0: Well, thank you, everyone, for tuning into our program today. You may know that Family Talk is a listener-supported program, and we remain on the air by your generosity, literally. If you can help us financially, we would certainly appreciate it. God's blessings to you all. That's right, Dr. Dobson. And friend, thanks to generous listeners like you, Family Talk can reach more and more listeners with practical help and encouragement. To support Family Talk with your best gift, go online to drjamesdobson.org or call 877-732-6825. Today on Family Talk. A good, healthy marriage is difficult to manage and sustain in today's culture. Divorce, infidelity, and pornography are destroying God's perfect plan, which he established in the Garden of Eden. Husbands and wives must be determined to honor God in their relationships and put him first above all else. Welcome to today's edition of Dr. James Dobson's Family Talk. I'm Roger Marsh. On yesterday's broadcast you heard from author and speaker Patricia Ashley as she talked about the topic of satisfaction in marriage. Today, Patricia will conclude her speech by highlighting the importance of spiritual solidarity in the household, and also a warning against the immorality that seeks to hinder enjoyment with your spouse. Here now is the remainder of Patricia Ashley's speech. We've entitled it, Experiencing a Fulfilled Marriage, on Dr. James Dobson's Family Talk.
1: I like my dad, and he's just, when my daddy calls me, we literally on the phone laugh for about two minutes. I'd just be so glad to hear his voice. And he'd be so glad to hear mine. we just laugh. Do, do you hear what I'm saying? And my mother, she, she, if, if she calls me, and if my father's at home, she will say everything she's got to say to me before she give him the phone. <laughs> because she knows that once he and I start talking, it's all over. But do you know what? I know. And God brought me to a place as much as I love my father and enjoy him. And I think my father's a great man. Even when my mother used to get on his nerve and he used to get on her nerve. Even when I used to get upset with him about some of the things he did. To me, he was always a big man in my sight. There was nothing he couldn't do. And you know what? I had to take all of that admiration And I had to connect that to my husband. And I had to say to him, I I asked, God had to begin to show me areas, not focus on his negatives, but focus on his positives. While he's still performing the negatives. Come on now, you saw something in him. (laughs) Start focusing on his positives and start letting him know. And let me tell you something, when you compliment a man, and all of them are like this, even if they are (laughs) crazy. like this <laughs> giving them true not flattery but when you give your husband true compliments and when you say true positive things to him about him it is like putting water on a plant I know what I'm talking about do you all hear me even if they reject it even if they act like it didn't move them Believe me, if you walk out the room and peek back at them. They like it. That's why our daughters are able to steal our husband's heart. My daughter's 20 years old and, and, and my, there's nothing my husband won't do for her. And they had that kind of relationship and I wondered how did she have his heart? She would sit up at the dinner table. Five years old, I learned five, and from my five year old daughter how to deal with my husband. She would sit up at the dinner table and she wouldn't even have to talk. She'd just point for what she wanted. And he'd get it. I said, what is this? I don't have that kind of control. And I said, I'm gonna watch her and whatever she does, I'm gonna do. Do you understand what I'm saying? Do you, are you all listening ladies? I'm telling you. How When he'd be working on the car, she would go out there and lay up under the car or sit down on the side of the car and talk to him. So I started going out there sitting at the side of the car talking. And when he'd be out in the backyard cutting the grass, she'd be walking up and down the grass with him and talking to him. And guess what? I started walking up and down the grass and I started talking to him. Come on down. And when he came home from work, I'm telling you how to do it, ladies. When when he come home from work, she'd run to the door. Now she did this until she left home. She'd run to the door and be so glad to see him. How you doing, daddy? Give him a big hug and just act like her day had just begun. And guess what, ladies? Hey, do you hear me? I felt like this girl's got his heart, I want it. And I'm not gonna compete for it because I want him to have a good relationship with her. But I believe his heart is big enough for me and her. And little by little, now at first he was suspicious and he thought I was crazy. But I was a woman on a mission. falling apart today. I'm telling you, listen, love reciprocates. After a matter of time, guess what started happening? Girl, or as they say, girlfriend. I started telling him all of the good things about him. Guess what? It took a while I got to be honest with you it took a while but God had to test me God said are you doing this to please me or you just doing it to reap the benefits I said God if I got to stand before you to give an account to give an account and and we're gonna do that ladies if you're married you're gonna stand before God to give an account if you're going to stand before God to give an account for the kind of wife that you are. Get your feelings healed. They are hurt, some of them. Set your affections on things above. You know what happens when you do that? You stop having expectations out of your mate. And you take the stress off of your marriage. And you free him up, because you know what? If there's something wrong with you, there's probably something wrong with him. Well, if there's something wrong with him, there's probably something wrong with you. Cause you chose each other. You connected. Yeah, and, and for the most part, we as women can see good from our perspective. And we can just see what we're enduring and what we're going through. But if we were to look at some of our relationships from our husband's perspective and see the world through their eyes and feel the world through their emotions, then we would see that they have as many needs as we do. And it's a mutual thing. But we must come to a place if we're going to experience fulfillment is to, to release our expectations and say, God, I don't expect him to be sensitive to me but I expect you to be sensitive through him to me. I don't expect him to love me unconditionally, but I expect you to love me unconditionally through him. I don't expect him to be sensitive to me and to dwell with me according to knowledge. Come on now. I don't expect it to come from him, but God, all of my expectations is in you. I expect you to teach him how to be sensitive to me as the weaker vessel. I expect you to do it through him to me. Now come on, what, what have you done? You've placed that weight on God. You've cast those cares on God. And guess what you do? You get out of your husband's face and you get in the face of God. You stopped talking and pulling on your husband. And you began to talk and pull on God. Come on now. So the thing is, what you must do is make a decision whether or not God is able. And you can know that he's able because of who he is. And then you must know that God is for your marriage. He's for the success of your marriage. Whether or not you chose him or not. God would desire to choose them for us. But most of us get ahead of God. And God has to make the wrong one the right one. Come on now. But he's able. He can do anything. We want fulfillment in our marriages. Uh, we've got to look at it God's way. We've got to leave and cleave. We can't put our marriages asunder. And then we've got to know what God's purpose is for marriages. God's purpose for marriage is that we have companionship but now we must have companionship with God first because the word in Amos 3 3 says can two walk together except they agree. We should be able to agree spiritually first. We should be able to agree emotionally and we should be able to agree physically and see For the most part, we want to go into it agreeing physically. We are attracted physically. Like I hear my daughter say, I like men with pretty teeth. I'm like, I said, baby, you better like more than that. You better look for more than just pretty teeth. (laughs) Come on now. And I know that she is. But that's just one of her things. We have those kind of things. We had better know that God would have us to connect in the spirit realm first. That we would agree spiritually. And if there's not spiritual agreement in your house, begin to ask God to give it to you. Cause you know what, God loves your husband more than you do. Yes, he does. And he's more concerned with him than you are. Ask God for spiritual agreement. God knows what it takes to bring it about. And then, If we're going to experience a fulfilled marriage as it relates to companionship, our husbands must dwell with us according to knowledge in 1 Peter 3, 7. And then God intended for marriage in order that it would be fulfilled to accomplish enjoyment. We should be able to experience gratification, delight, and pleasure in our mates. But one of the reasons we don't always experience that is because of perversion. Remember we said that everything that God said was good, man perverted it. Now, from my understanding of what I've read in the Bible, God gave us physical intimacy as a wedding gift. Do y'all hear what I'm saying? Now, I don't know about some of you, but you try to give the best gifts that you can find. How many of you following me? In the mind of God, the best gift, come on now, that he could give to a couple was physical intimacy. And you get the gift of children. It's a gift that keep on giving. You get the gift of children as a result of physical intimacy. Now, it's been so perverted. First of all, we pervert it by opening a gift before time. (laughs) Yes, we do. And you know you've done that. Slipped and opened a Christmas present before Christmas. And when it becomes Christmas, there's no fun opening that thing up. You've taken all of the joy. There's no rapture and explosion of ecstasy. And so sometimes we can't enjoy the gift because we've opened it before time. So what we have to do is we have to go back and say, God, make this right in me, purify me, first forgive me, sanctify me, make me whole. And then God began to work. Some of us have been molested and that's why we don't enjoy the gift. Come on now, Satan get footholds in our relationships. Because we won't respond sometimes intimately to our husbands. We tempt them to lust. We cause, we incite lust in them. Because we won't respond to their needs. Sometimes we struggle. We're trying to change these men and create them and mold them and make them and manipulate them. And you just end up frustrated. But God made him. And God is for your marriage and he's for your mate. He wants your husband to enjoy the marriage as much as he wants you to. Some of you just need to be more sensitive and ask God to open up the understanding of your eyes. But the key is place all your expectations in the Lord and know that he's for the success of your marriage. Know that, know that God wants us to be fruitful now, God would have us to multiply, to have children. And ladies, if you don't do anything else, ask God to give you his heart about having children. There is a spirit of murder in this country that hates babies. Now, if you've had an abortion, God is for you. He will heal you of the emotion of the spiritual psychological trauma. He will forgive you. He will take away the guilt and the shame and all that needs to be done. But we need to be committed to life. We need to start honoring women that are pregnant, and we must take a responsibility. We as women of God, especially some of you older women, the Bible, God's gonna get y'all. He said that the older women are supposed to teach the younger women, and they're not doing it. The older women are to teach the younger women. You have a responsibility. You're gonna stand before God for not teaching younger women. You must go to younger women when you know they're pregnant and you must say, blessed is the fruit of your womb. God has done a good thing in you, that he would trust you to nurture a life. We, uh-uh, we got to do that, you got to go out of your way. I don't care if she's a stranger. And those babies in their wombs, listen, I, when I get a chance, I bend over and talk to the baby in the womb. I said, baby, you are blessed. God has purpose and plan for your life. We are eagerly and waiting for your birth with great expectation. You're gonna be a great woman, or man of God. Then I said, my name is Pat. (laughs) Yes, I do. Yes, I do. Then I tell the mother, I said, when this baby born, it's gonna recognize my voice. (laughs) Do you hear what I'm saying? It's real, it's that real to me. It's that real, we must make a commitment to encourage women to be fruitful. And then become extended families. Women are not having babies because we live in a selfish and an egocentric society. We don't wanna make the necessary sacrifices. My mother had five of us and we were considered a small family. Do you understand me? We must get the heart of God since that's who we're going to stand in front of one day anyhow. Get his heart now. And ask God to forgive us for not encouraging women when they're pregnant and overlooking them. We should celebrate those women. And when you get a chance, bless these women and encourage them. Praise God. Hallelujah. God would have that our marriage would accomplish protection. I know my hand is out that our husbands, the marriage would be protected. Let me tell you something, whether your husband is saved or unsaved, do you know whether he's saved or unsaved? God can use him to protect you. Because if the truth were told by each one of you, if you can think of something, things that your husband warned you of, relationships that your husband disapproved of and some of your other girlfriends, as that relationship developed, you found that there were things in it that was just a dead end. You ended up hurt or betrayed, or you ended up being used, or you ended up, and he tried to rise up to protect you by saying, you know what? There's something wrong with her. I don't know what it is, but I don't feel good. You know what, unless he's a schizophrenic, (laughs) most of them will rise up and say things to you, even if they're drunkards, even if they're alcoholics. Do y'all hear what I'm saying? And I'm not putting down the alcoholic because God is for the alcoholic. But I have seen men that were alcoholics still in their drunken state say things to their wives that was wise counsel. Now he may be draining her emotionally, but he will say things to her that will protect her and even unsaved men, I have listened to things that Christian women have told me that their unsaved husbands told them. And I said to myself, it couldn't be closer to the gospel if he hadn't read it out of the word because God will sanctify him and anoint him and use him to protect you even if he's unsaved because that's what God intended for the marriage to accomplish. God intended mostly for the marriage to illustrate an example of Christ in the church. Christ has joined himself to the church eternally, forever. Christ has said to the church, I will never, no, never leave or forsake you. Christ has said to the church, I will never, no, never. And sometimes they say marriage is like flies at a screen. You got those waiting to get out and those waiting to get in. <laughs> some of us are waiting for excuses to abandon and abort our marriages. And we wait for an opportunity for our husbands to do what some of these folk tell us it's okay to do. But if it was okay to divorce your husband because he was found in adultery, then why do you deal with the guilt afterwards? Why do you deal with it? And those of you that have done it, you, I don't care whether he beat you. You understand what I'm saying? I'm not saying stay there and be beat. Get to safety. But let me tell you something. There is no way around the guilt and guilt is an indicator. Just like you scream when somebody burns you with something hot, it's an indication that there's something wrong there. Guilt is an indication And you have to deal with that guilt. And I have met married couples who's now remarried. God has blessed them in a second relationship. But every last one of them that is living in the real blessings of God, you know why it is? Because they said that they came to a point where they submitted and they began to realize that what it took to make the second marriage successful, the same amount of prayer, I'm telling you now, The things that they were running from in that first marriage, they met in the second marriage. The things that they had to overcome in the first marriage, they were confronted to overcome. They had to still overcome those things. But now for those of you that have experienced that and you've gone through it, guess what? Don't keep that a secret. You should start investing into the marriages of other people. You should become men and women that's committed to the success of other people's marriage. Because you know how violent divorce is. You know how it's a tearing. You know how painful it is. I'm going to say this in closing. My husband left to go to Greenland for a year. And we were leaving, we were separating on good terms. And do you know when, that, when the Packers came in to our living room to get his personal belongings, that he would need for that year, no one told me how painful it was going to be on good terms. Come on now. There was something uncontrollable inside of me that caused me to want to run and leap on the back of the Packers and say, no, put it down. Do you understand what I'm saying? It was violent, there was a tearing that took place in my heart and when you divorce there's like a ripping and a tearing that takes place in your heart and it's painful and you must if God has restored you and you are recovering in a second marriage you have a responsibility to encourage young couples and people whose marriages that you know are in trouble. And you know when you see folk with their marriages and you know what they look like, because you know what you looked like. (laughs) You know how you felt, you can listen to women. You can look at women and tell when they're in pain and when they're going through.
0: We pray that Patricia Ashley's words over the past couple of days have made you reevaluate your marriage and look for ways to improve your relationship with your spouse. Now, if you missed part one of this speech on yesterday's edition of Dr. James Dobson's Family Talk, simply go to today's broadcast page at drjamesdobson.org. You'll find a link for the broadcast, as well as information about Patricia Ashley's book, Marriage is a Blessing. You'll find information on how you can order a copy for yourself. Again, that's on today's broadcast page at drjamesdobson.org. Now, while you're on our website, we encourage you to scroll through and read our informative blogs that we posted there. These writers cover a wide variety of topics, including dating, marriage, raising kids in the 21st century, and how to pass on a godly legacy to the next generation. So get plugged in on our blog page when you visit drjamesdobson.org. Finally, won't you consider giving to the Ministry of Family Talk? We understand that times might be tight for you and your family financially right now, but every dollar you can donate can have an eternal impact on someone else's life. Go online now to drjamesdobson.org and find out how easy it is to make a donation securely through our website. That's drjamesdobson.org. Or you can call our offices toll-free at 877-732-6825, and one of our representatives will be happy to help you there. Again, the toll-free number is 877 732-6825. We greatly appreciate your prayers and financial support. And also thanks for listening to us on the broadcast today as well. Be sure to join us again tomorrow for brand new episodes of Dr. James Dobson's Family Talk. I'm Roger Marsh. Have a blessed day. Family talk is not associated with focus on the family.